Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then talk about it. This is page 836. Penthi shook her head, brushing her hair back with one hand. No, it is like food. One meal is good, two meals is not better. She frowned again. No, it is more like wine. One cup of wine is good, two is sometimes better, but ten? She nodded seriously. That is very much like anger. A man who grows full of it, it is like a poison in him. He wants too many things. He wants all things. He becomes strange and wrong in his head, violent. She nodded to herself. Yes, that is why anger is the right word, I think. You can tell a man who has been keeping all his anger to himself. It goes sour in him. It turns against itself and drives him to breaking rather than making. I can think of men like that, I said. But I can think of women, too. All things have anger, she repeated with a shrug. A stone does not have much compared to a budding tree. It is the same with people. Some have more or less. Some use it wisely. Some do not. She gave me a wide smile. I have a great deal, which is why I am so fond of sex and fierce in my fighting. She bit at my chest again, less playfully this time, and began to work her way up to my neck. But if you take the anger from a man in sex, I said, struggling to concentrate, doesn't that mean the more sex you have, the more you want? It is like the water one uses to prime a pump, she said hotly against my ear. Come now, I will have all of it, even if it takes us all day and half the night. We eventually moved from the grassy field to the baths and then to Penthe's house of two snug rooms built against the side of a bluff. The moon was in the sky and had been watching us for some time through the window, though I doubt we showed her anything she hadn't seen before. Is that enough for you? I said breathlessly. We were side by side in her pleasantly capacious bed, the sweat drying off our bodies. If you take much more of it, I might not have enough anger left to speak or breathe. My hand lay on the flat plane of her belly. Her skin was soft and smooth, but when she laughed, I could feel the muscles of her stomach jump, going hard as sheets of steel. It is enough for now, she said, exhaustion plain in her voice. It would upset Vashit if I left you empty as a fruit with all the juice pressed out. Despite my long day, I was oddly wakeful, my thoughts bright and clear. I remembered something she had said earlier. You mentioned that a woman has many uses for her anger. What use does a woman have for it that a man does not? That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Also, valid question on Quoth's part. Like, good, yeah. good question. <laughs> well, he we're, he's going to get a valid answer, but that's on tomorrow's page. Of? The win. The win. Bye. <laughs> what I alluded to, and this might be an unpleasant conversation, what I alluded to yesterday is at the top of this page, there's the idea that when a man gets too much anger, he grows full of it, like a poison in him. He becomes strange and wrong in his head, violent. That resonates with me, and that speaks to me of, like, the uh, the insult phenomenon which I don't think what Rothfuss was going for, but it's hard for me now to read this and not make that connection and kind of read this as like an argument in favor of like, you gotta have sex with men or else they go crazy. Uh, And it's hard for me to square that circle because I'm not, I don't think that is a position this book is taking. I don't think that's a position that Penthe is taking. And I don't think that we're meant to understand from what she says that she's making it like, she's making a generalization about all men, but 
as she says in the next paragraph, like this is also true of women. I think what we're actually meant to look at and what I certainly thought of when that paragraph came up is like, that's Quoth. Quoth has wants too many things. He wants all things. And that could cause him to become strange and wrong in his head, comma, violent. Yeah, and it actually, in the case of, like, the similarity that that you're noting, it actually has very little to do with sex. (laughs) Which is why I think it's funny that it comes up in the same breath. Like, because to me, what's unspoken here is Penthe going, and that's why we have sex. Like, we're all doing our civic duty to keep the mental health of our culture. Sex isn't the only way to get rid of anger. No, I agree. I just wish it was more clear on the page here. I am not having the same uh, cognitive dissonance problem that you're having here, and I, I, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I know this is what I'm bringing to bear on it. Like, I'm I'm particularly sensitive to to these kind of arguments in in fantasy in particular and in, like, fandom spaces because I feel like that's where a lot of these people in the real world, like, spend their time and their energy. Um, and so I'm always kind of hoping for better representation better examples inside those places i don't know it's and it's like it's also it's clear to me that attitudes and even rothbus's attitude has changed since this book was published i wonder if he would write it in this way if he was writing it today i feel like it wouldn't change that much but i agree that it would more uh explicitly stray from the idea of it being like an incel thing well i that's the thing like i i don't think that that phenomenon is coming up here at all. I see the similarity that Nick points out though. Yeah, but I think the more accurate term here would be like, I don't even like, first of all, the problem that she's describing is not one that is specific to men. (laughs) It's specific to people who have too much anger in them, which as they both agree in the following paragraph is a phenomenon that happens to men and women. But because of all the stuff like around it, it makes it feel like it's more focused on that. So I think that were Rothfuss to rewrite this today, he might just spend a little longer on the sentence that notes that it's not, that it is just a all people spend it differently thing. Like he might just elaborate on that a little more. Yeah, it seems to me as written that she kind of dodges around that like it happens to women too. All things have anger, sure. But it seems like this is a... (laughs) <laughs> a male problem. Well, it's a male problem because men in general have more anger, but that's not to say that women don't also suffer from having too much anger sometimes. Yeah, okay, that's fair. It's just interesting that uh the Adam use female pronouns when discussing generalities most of the time, and in this passage she uses male pronouns to discuss the like theoretical person. R- that she's talking about, which implies that it is a primarily male experience. Well, you know, it's not implied, it's explicit. They're talking about how men have too much anger. And then Quoth says, but hold on, a woman could also have too much anger. And she says, yes, that's true. But in general, men have too much, like men have a starting baseline of more anger than women do, is what she's saying. All right, fair enough. And also like that, like we know that that's how the Adem feel about it. But it's not necessarily stating that like that is a thing in the world. It's just this is this is the box where the Adem sit in their opinion. Yeah, this is the Adem do believe that their ideas about gender are universal. Well, or at least like I mean, I'm sure a lot of cultures feel that way. I think, I think everybody <laughs> does. Yeah, and that's what's so interesting about the man mothers thing because it seems like it is a, a scientific fact and not just like something they assume. But we'll get into that on tomorrow's. Having read ahead a little bit. 
it's not a science. It, it is just two people who believe totally different things, unable to reconcile what it is they believe. Okay. And no one, we'll no one is able to present a convincing enough argument against the one thing. Something that I think this chapter does really well uh, is present a really alien cultural point of view in a con- in a convincing way. We really like are given to understand a culture's totally weird way of looking at the world and how, according to someone from that culture, it's all completely internally consistent and it's kind of silly for you to question it. Uh, I've been recently reading a a book about the, the Vikings. And one thing that the author is at pains to stress is in order to understand these people, you have to understand the way they thought and how they viewed the world and how everything they were doing made sense to them. And that's not at all the way people in our world make sense of the world or view things but that doesn't matter like if you try to impose your way of seeing the world on these people you won't understand them and in fact you will misunderstand them which is like applicable to current society as well yeah but i feel like it's even more applicable when people say the past is a foreign country what they mean is like it's really hard to wrap your head around just how differently people thought about everything. Yes, I agree. And that's something that fantasy is really good at communicating. Reasonable. The only other thing I have on this page is that the moon is explicitly oh, personified. You scooped me. Uh, you scooped, scooped you. me. You can take it away. You can take it, Jordana. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, okay. So <laughs> sort of the first thing that came to mind, although I do not think it is the important thing, is that so the moon is here and close saying that, oh, it's nothing the moon hasn't seen before. But if the moon is Denna... Denna's seen people screw. Well, yeah, but was the moon, like, was the moon in Fae when Quoth and Florian were doing it? Like, has yeah. has the moon seen Quoth do it? Yes. Okay. Well, fine then, never mind. But I was just thinking that, like, I mean, if Denna's the moon, I don't think she knows all the things that the moon knows when she's Denna. Does that make sense? I think that if Denna's the moon, then we should pay attention to how Denna interacts with Quoth when she sees him next. And if a crackpot could effectively tie a piece of red string from that reaction back to this line where Quoth says it's nothing the moon hasn't seen before, that's a great piece of uh, of uh, missing evidence that one might want to have in their evidence kit to present to the jury. Hmm. All right, well, I'll leave that to Nick. He's the crackpot por- person. And proud of Also, Penthe is thirsty. <laughs> Penthe has wanted to bank both basically since she started talking to him. Irreasonable. <laughs> I just, I appreciate how, uh, what is, I say the, I, I guess I appreciate how honestly thirsty she is. <laughs> yeah, we love to see it. Like, I, you know, not to get all discoursey again, but I think that there has been an ever evolving way in which we portray like women's agency and women's desire and like women as like sexual beings in fiction. And I think this came at a cultural moment where genre fiction was trying to advance that and trying to like say like, no, like women can be, horny too and they can be like lecherous in all the ways that men are lecherous and have fun in all the ways that men have fun how much progress you think that is and whether or not you think the conversation has moved on in a productive way from that is 
you know, an open question. But I think I personally think that we've come a long way, baby, as the 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 Virginia Slims ads would have it from the days of like chainmail bikini, you know, red Sanja barbarian types and buxom tavern wenches. And I think that I personally enjoy this kind of portrayal of like, you know, healthy horned up sex in my fantasy novels. Yeah, what I like about this is that it's a sexually aggressive woman and it's not uh, like there's no moral judgment about it. I think even today, if you have a sexually aggressive woman who is like actively pursuing and enjoying sex, a lot of the time it is uh, like portrayed negatively or it's like a character trait that she grows out of or something like that before she settles down like even if if the the subject is you know broadly uh, broadly feminist it's still kind of like a negative trait to be sexually aggressive sexually adventurous and, and horny and all that and so it's nice to see this representation and like throughout in um in edemra where we have characters like Penthe who and like Vashet who like enjoy sex, pursue sex and like don't think much about it. Like you say, Jeremy, like they have fun doing it and there's no judgment attached. And the narrative doesn't punish them for it, right? Like they're not femme fatales and they aren't like fallen women who need to be punished for their wicked ways. Having not read other uh, fiction or novels with like, I guess these sorts of scenes in them. I have not actually like, like, I guess maybe in movies I've, I've seen something like it, but like, I've never actually like read something like what you were describing. I assume that you are correct because you guys read a lot of books, but I've actually never come across it. So this is my only gauge for like how that sort of thing is written because I haven't actually read it anywhere else. <laughs> And also in movies and stuff. Like, like in I'm movies, sure I totally movies. get that. And like, it's I understand yeah, the concept of like, we are beyond the, the chain male bikini thing. It's just interesting for me to apply that to literature. Because it's, it's like, I can apply it to, to movies and other media, but I like my ability to apply it to literature is not as great. Ah, but what, what is literature, Jordana? Stuff that's written down. Mm. Is that... That's so you, correct. You don't yes. think that great movies are literature? Okay, fine. I can see I'm I'm barking up the wrong tree. What, what weird joke are you trying to make? I wasn't. I was going to argue that you it doesn't need to be a book to be great literature. No, it can be a comic book too. Can't be a movie though. Movies aren't literature. They're movies. Although if you passed someone the script of a movie to read, I would argue that that would be literature. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, you I did I'm not agreeing with you either. <laughs> I don't think watching a movie counts as in taking literature. I think that reading the script off the page would be literature. No, that's like handing someone a blueprint to a house and saying, here's a house. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And I say this who value screenwriting as like an art form. It's absolutely an art form, but a script is not a movie and neither of those are literature. But I mean, like, Shakespeare is literature. Isn't it? Oh, he's speechless. That's right. Nope, nope, he's defeated. <laughs> he is owned. What's the reverse of a corn cob where I declare you own? <laughs> I think that's just an own. Maybe, Maybe it's a popcorn. A ratio, 
but I haven't actually been ratioed, and nor have I been owned. Ah, 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 but Jeremy, by by saying you haven't been owned, you've become owned. You know what? That's true. That's true. I played myself. It's the classic corn cob gambit. Uh, Well, listeners, you won't hear from me anymore because I will be shrinking and turning into a corn cob for the remainder of page. Of the wind.